Hello, everyone. This is episode five of the Building the Blueprints podcast. I am so excited for today. I always say that I'm so excited, but I am so excited for today. I've got a very special guest. But first, I want to say a shout out. Chloe, Rhea, and Heather, you know who you are. You guys just brought me brownies and lasagna. I'm so fueled for this. I'm so thankful. You guys are the bomb.com. Today, on episode five, we've got a very, very special guest, somebody who is just very knowledgeable about the world of soccer, and that's another coworker of mine, very wise, has a great story to tell. And without further ado, this is... I'm Zach Hopkins. Thanks for having me on, Alicia. Zach, it's so good to have you on here. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say and what you're going to share with us today. Zach, why don't you just share about what you did today and just share the good news with the people. Yeah, so I know everyone's been hyped for NCAA Division One soccer. So finally, we were back today. We played a tight game against Belmont Abbey, a Division Two powerhouse on this side of the country. But no, it went great. We uh, we came out solid, won 4-0 or 4-0 for all you, you non-soccer fans. But no, it was a Awesome game, came out pretty healthy, and uh, can't complain. It was all around a good performance. Let's go, Liberty Flames. That's exciting stuff. And I, I was at the game. I watched it. It was good all over. Everybody played well, so here we are. It's good stuff. So that's just extra fuel for this great episode, just extra excitement coming in hot. All right, Zach, what are you going to be sharing with us today? So today, um, I'm going to share a little bit about sort of where I've come from as far as my fitness, health, diet, lifestyle. Um, that kind of started basically when I was a freshman and undergraduate. I'm only, what, six months removed from my undergrad, so it's only been the last four, four and a half years. But yeah, kind of share a little bit about the actual journey I've been through, both physically, mentally, spiritually. And yeah, some of you can hopefully just uh, learn and kind of gain wisdom from everything I've been through and just kind of wanting to share my story. I'm excited to hear more about it. I've heard a little bit about it, but I'm excited to hear more detail about it. And I think the the world of exercise is just so interesting. I mean, obviously we're healthcare professionals, so we know a lot more detail about nutrition and exercise, rehabilitation and stuff like that. So it is interesting to hear when people have an outside perspective of, oh, I just go to the gym and just run. Like they think that that's enough. You know, they, they take out the nutrition part. They don't know how to meal prep. They don't know, you know, how many cups of vegetables they're supposed to eat each day. So like, I think the whole world of exercises is something good. And so I'm excited to hear, you know, just more about what you've gone through and just the tips and tricks that you have to share. So the question that I'll ask everybody is, what gives you motivation? I really like this question. Whenever whenever you pose it to me, I was it took a lot of time to think about why I actually do the things that I do. And the the first thing that sort of popped into my mind, the idea of fulfilling my potential as a person. Uh, obviously, I've been gifted by God with a lot of strengths, um, especially through undergrad. It was very apparent that mentally I was very gifted. I could, I did well in school. I definitely worked hard, but concepts, um, memorization, things like that just came naturally to me. So kind of, you know, the last 
several years, that's been one major theme throughout my entire life that once I look back on, I realize is it was always about maximizing what I've been giving, um, been given, you know, whether that's physically or mentally. And then I, I kept thinking about it. And, you know, besides just fulfilling my potential, I realized that it was also came from sort of a, a spot in me that I wanted to be an asset or be valuable to someone rather um, it's a person or an organization, you know, right now it's, it's Liberty, but for, and this will kind of go into my fitness, but throughout most of my life, I've had very low self-esteem. I didn't feel like I, I was valued just because of how I was physically and sort of the traumas that I've gone through. So part of my motivation is also just to be honestly, you know, an asset, you know, I don't know if that's selfish or if it's, you know, something to be proud of, but I just want to, I don't know, work for someone and have, you know, sort of like a value, whether that's, like I said, to to Liberty or to my patients I take care of or to my friends. Ultimately, I just kind of want to leave an impact on other people's lives. I think it's good to be aware of like the gifts that God's given us and just to be able to use those to the full potential. So I think that's good if you can recognize your strengths and then just go gung-ho and just kind of like go full throttle about using them. So that's good. So the first question that I'm going to start off with is what's the difference of where you were and where you are now? So like through this fitness journey, where where did you start? And then like, how did you get to like where you are now? Like what's the difference? So my whole story basically started whenever I was going into Christmas after my freshman year, or after my first semester of my freshman year of college. So this would have been Christmas of 2016. I was having to do a physical for the athletic training program on my undergrad that I was trying to get into. And so I went to the doctor's office, went to do the physical, and whenever got to my weight, the weight machine capped out at 375 pounds. And when I stepped on there, it was obvious that I weighed more than that. So they had to get out a special piece of equipment, like an extra additional weight to hook on to actually see how much I weighed because I was too much. So they finally figured out I was 385 pounds. I was only 18 at the time. So I don't really have like an incredible like story as far as like what started it. It was sort of just the the raw embarrassment of how far I'd let things go. I've always been a heavy kid, uh, but it was during that time when I was like, you know, if I don't change, I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 25. Um, So kind of starting there, I went into this obsessive dieting and just cardio. So I would go from eating, you know, 3,500 calories all the way down to 1,500. So I started eating 1,500 calories, playing pick up basketball, running, going to the gym every day with my friends. And it was very quickly, I started losing weight a lot, a lot more than I thought I would have initially. So for the first three, four months, I was upwards of 22, 23 pounds of weight loss a month. So it was almost a pound a day and it wasn't necessarily healthy. I withdrew from a lot of people who at the time I thought were good influences. They were bad influences. So it was almost a good thing just the way that I kind of like separated myself from those people who were ultimately just dragging me down. But I I used to be extremely self-hateful. I didn't like who I was, no confidence. I just physically was embarrassed. You know, I'd have to carry shirts in my backpacks. I knew walking to class, I would sweat and get pit stains. And it would just be so embarrassing that like I had to 
I had to do that. I had a very fragile mental state. I would go through lots of highs and lows just depending on you know, what bad interactions I had that day. I can remember people picking on me, just a lot of like really upsetting things that until I was thinking about these questions for the podcast, I'd completely forgot about just because, you know, subconsciously I was trying to bury them. You know, that's obviously extremely traumatic and I was trying to hide it all. So that's sort of where I used to be. And then where I am now, once I got to Liberty is when I sort of realized that you know, now I still have, you know, the demons that I'm battling with my myself as far as mentally and physically, things I'm proud of, things I still hate about myself. But I would say now I'm far more confident and I'm not, I'm not afraid anymore of some of the things like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think about it, but until you are extremely overweight, simple things as a pool party invite or, hey, let's all jump in the car and go get food. As an overweight person, I always had to think about, okay, if I don't get the front seat, I don't think I can go because I can't, there's no way three people can send the back seat. Stupid things like that. As an overweight person, like you have to think about because you're like, I'm bigger than everyone else. And, you know, you don't ever want to be in that spot. You're like, oh, you know, Zach, just hop in the back. And it's like, I, I don't fit or, you know, everyone else is going to be uncomfortable. So, you know, nowadays I have the freedom, you know, I go rock climbing, you know, I hang out with people and I do things that whenever I was overweight, I just couldn't do because I knew mentally that I would probably fall apart, you know, that night. Just think about, you know, why am I like this? But now I'm I'm happy to say I'm I'm a lot more confident, a lot more engaging just with, with everyone. I mean, you you see it around the training room. I'm not afraid to jump across boards, you know, interact with patients, different athletes, getting involved in things. But I definitely say I've grown a lot over the last four years as far as my confidence, um, just my overall mental state that I bring with me each day. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's not easy to share and that's not easy to go through at all. I am thankful that you trust me with sharing that story and then like even being able to be open to share this on the podcast and for whoever might hear it like that's incredible thank you for being vulnerable with that that's a lot I know you kind of touched on how you saw that you needed a change when you were overweight and you knew that that was going to affect your health later on in life you mentioned that dramatically changed your amount of calories that you were eating and then the amount of exercise you were informing when did you realize that you needed a change from physically and then mentally too yeah so like I said whenever I I knew that I was that overweight I sort of just had to basically go back to square one of, you know, what does a healthy person eat? So I remember I would, you know, get a a uh, omelet for breakfast. Um, I would skip lunch because I was usually in classes. Dinner, I would have salad and we had a little Asian fried rice section in our um, dining hall. So I'd go there, grab that, and then essentially from 6 o'clock till 9.30 or 10, I would go to our, our gym at my undergrad and basically with two of my friends we'd play pickup basketball for hours on end and you know whenever you're whenever you're that big two or three hours of basketball is like it's it's a lot so I'd leave completely drenched and you know I'd do that pickup basketball wasn't there I would get on an elliptical a bike for an hour hour and a half I didn't do a lot of weight training just because 
you know, at that time I was less educated and I was more about, you know, obviously if you sweat, you're going to lose weight and people who lift weight don't sweat. So like, why would I lift weights? I'm trying to get smaller. But I had a really good support network that Chris and Ollie, if you guys ever listened to this, you guys were the the two people who were always by my side for all of this. So mentally, I definitely had to sort of sit down and say, what does a healthy person look like as far as what they eat and what they do in a day? So it was it was bizarre because my entire life it was, you know, I was overeating, you know, pr- definitely under exercising. So it was almost like a completely different lifestyle I had to consider and look at as far as, okay, is this healthy? Is this unhealthy? You know, I started paying attention to calorie amounts on food labels, simple things like that, um, that really helped me. I think for anyone trying to lose weight, the biggest thing I tell them is before you you start doing these drastic weight loss diets, simply look at the calories and the amount of food that you're eating in a day. You know, some people will grab a handful of pretzels and then an hour later grab a few, you know, Hershey's Kisses and they do that snacking thing and they're like, well, I ate pretty good today. I had a few snacks, but you know, I want to lose weight. So I think I'm doing fine. So small things like that, you know, you grab a few things here and there, not recognizing, okay, you know, that Hershey's Kiss is 65 calories. You eat five of those, you know, that's almost 200 calories that you're eating. So that was the the biggest thing I can say is just looking at what I was eating and mentally trying to discipline, starting that mental discipline of, you know, if I'm still hungry, I'm going to have a salad rather than two slices of pizza and some French fries. So that was a big overhaul I had to do as far as just looking at, you know, what does a normal person eat that's healthy? What resources did you utilize? You're a healthcare professional, you were in undergrad, like you had all these classes to learn these things, but did you use any extra resources that allowed you to learn more going through your journey? Yeah. So like I said, Chris and Ollie were the, the two big ones who we sort of all bounced ideas off each other. Um, my friend Ollie was sort of in a similar situation. He was also slightly overweight and he grew up in a military home. So he knew a lot about dieting, exercise, weight loss. But, it, you know, it's one of those things you can have all the knowledge that you want, but until you put that into practice, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. So he had all the knowledge that we both needed to lose weight, but obviously it was something he hadn't applied to his life yet and something I hadn't. So I definitely used him a lot. Um, one of my brothers is a personal trainer, so I would go to him with a lot of questions. But the biggest thing was just finding that community and that support network. You know, not to over um, simplify it, but even just having one or two people to not necessarily keep you accountable, but just to go through that with you was the biggest thing for me. It would be, I don't know how far I would have gotten back in undergrad if those two guys weren't with me going to the gym at night. One of them was my roommate. So we were bored one night. We just go do something that was exercise outside of like my classroom. I do a lot of just, you know, sounds stupid, but Googling, just learning more about, you know, metabolism, different exercise types, intensities, diets. So, you know, without getting super, super detailed, you know, there's such a thing as reverse dieting where Basically, you you diet really low, you know, you're keeping low calories, your metabolism just starts going down. And that's when people start hitting that plateau. So, you know, something I learned after I lost 80 pounds, I was like, man, I'm just not losing weight anymore. 
So then I had to educate myself on what a reverse diet is, which is where you slowly start increasing the amount of calories you eat. And you might gain a few pounds, but your metabolism is going to pick back up. And then I, you know, I do that for a month. And, you know, once I knew that my reverse diet cycle was over, I'd start cutting again and, you know, the weight loss would come down. So that was the big thing was just, you know, start simple. If, if you don't know where to start, like I said, look at what you're eating, hundreds of organizations that give you, you know, exercise tips as far as this is how many, you know, active minutes you're supposed to have in a week. But for anyone who's, you know, thinking about this, just look at what you're eating, start small instead of sitting at your desk during lunch, you know, go for a walk, you know, at night, walk around the neighborhood, anything, just just start building those those small steps that will eventually get you where you want. And I'd say the, the biggest thing that I learned was not looking at things day by day, because that's going to be super frustrating. I used to weigh myself every single day, morning and night, and see how I did. And if I had a cheap meal, I would gain six pounds because of water saturation. Um, I'd eat a high sodium meal, water saturation, six pounds heavier, and I would just spiral into a depression of, oh my goodness, I just lost two weeks worth of progress. So that was my big thing is I also learned to not necessarily rely on the numbers daily. But yeah, using uh, your community and just your different resources was uh, the biggest thing for me. Was there anything through your journey that you feel like you wish you could take back or you could try differently next time? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So at one point I was consistently weighing in around 265 and my goal had always been to reach 220. I don't know why, but with my frame, I can't really support being under 200 pounds um, just with my muscle mass and my figure. So I was always like, you know, 220, 215 would be great weight. So I I was kind of plateauing at 250. I couldn't really change it. So just a quick lesson on um, energy intake. You know, an average male should be eating anywhere between, you know, 2,000, 2,500 calories. A female, you know, it's slightly smaller, but by not much. Um, The absolute minimum for a male is about 1,500 calories in a day. The average for female is 1,200. So I got this brilliant idea that I was going to eat right at 1,100, 1,200 calories. So for breakfast, I'd have three eggs. That was it. Lunch, I would have a chicken patty and two small potatoes. For dinner, I'd have popcorn. So I was essentially starving myself, and it got to a point where my resting heart rate was in the mid-40s, which is extraordinarily low given that I'm not a world-class runner. I would constantly be freezing. My fingers would get cold. Basically, my body was shutting down because it was being extraordinarily malnourished for my size and the things. You know, I was an active student. I had clinicals but I just wasn't giving it the nutrients it needed. Um, And then on top of that, I'd run three, four miles a day. And to replenish it, it would get popcorn at night. And that was it. So with that being in mind, it also drastically affected my mood. So there was about three, four months where the second I'd get home, I'd do my running, go back inside, hide myself in my room because I didn't have the energy to see my friends, to see my roommates. I was in a really depressed state because all I could focus on was my grades and my weight loss. And my senior year of undergrad, we, me and my close friends were kind of talking about that. And they all said, they're like, you know, there was a few months there. We didn't know what was going to happen with you just because you were so depressed and just like not around for anything. We didn't know what was going on. 
And I know they, they try to reach out, but it was always just one of those, you know, I'd brush them off because I had something to do and that was to lose another 30 pounds. So that was like probably the biggest thing I said I would never want to do again. And I would never recommend to anyone else is cutting your calories like that extreme. It's just so unhealthy. Yeah. Looking back, it was a really dumb mistake that I did for a while. But, you know, it's it's also one of those things I'm I'm glad I did experience it because I know people are thinking about it and they're curious. And so I can tell you now, it's just not a good idea. It, you'll literally feel like your body is like falling in on itself. When I hear people talk about exercise and taking care of themselves, it's crazy sometimes to hear what people think is necessary to lose weight. Like first off, when I think about it, it reminds me of Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know a lot of friends like now and in the past that have thought of exercising as to stay skinny. Like it's all about being skinny or being able to look good or and feel good. And it's like, first off, like your treasure is, is in your appearance and, and that's not what it's meant to be. Like exercising is meant to, to make you feel good and to make your body function the way that it's supposed to be, to get your blood pumping, to get, to get your blood to your tissues, to just allow your body to function the way it's supposed to be. I get it. Like people don't know because they're not in this the field. You know, they're not in strength and conditioning classes. They're not learning taking nutrition classes. They're not around other healthcare professionals like dietitians, and they're not around physicians a lot. So, like, I get it. They probably don't know about this stuff. They do go through like the trial and error process in the in a hard way of of trying things, of cutting, not eating, and like little do people know that like losing weight is in fact not just cutting all of your calories and and like so I think a lot of people the myth is that if you don't if you don't eat you're not going to gain weight and it's like really you're just shutting your body down making it crave things later on and then you're kind of just putting yourself in a pickle it's encouraging to hear although such a difficult journey that probably has no word to even describe what you actually went through. I'm not going through it myself. It's encouraging to hear the wisdom that you've gained through it because I think a lot of people really, really misinterpret how to actually exercise, take care of themselves, eat well. And like the mental state is also another big thing that I don't think that people realize. Like if you're in a crappy mood, like what did you eat that day? How is your body feeling? You know, and like you don't have to go to the gym and you don't have to be benching the like the max you don't have to be wearing cut off t-shirts and looking cool at literally all comes down to the knowledge that you have and then like unfortunately some people go through the exercise process of trial and error and like overall people just need to do more research to learn more about things instead of learning things the hard way learning things creating more issues for themselves down the road. You know, I think a lot of people if not everyone is in the boat of not really knowing enough about how to take care of themselves the best way possible and it and it is a process but ultimately I'm glad that now you are in a good spot where you're feeling confident. I mean, I could speak for myself, but for like, I think I could speak for the other athletic trainers too. Like, I feel like you are very confident. Um, that's probably the the key point that if somebody was talking about you, they would definitely, that would be the first thing on their mind is just like, Zach is such a confident guy. And so it's very interesting. And, and also that's why I appreciate the vulnerability with this story is because even if somebody like on the outside looking in or meeting you for the first time, they'll be like, oh yeah, Zach's a really, really confident guy. And you are. But they probably didn't know about this story and they probably didn't know that you went through the journey that you went through and you are where you are now because of 
a very intense, difficult journey. That's also very encouraging because it just like allows people, like it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It doesn't matter how you come off to people. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something they're dealing with. And I think that that's, I think it's very good for people to hear about. And so thank you again for sharing. It's very, very pure for people to hear. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add about what you've learned along the way of what you think works best about like, you know, products like supplements, anything like that, or even like good food groups that you f- you find productive? So the first thing I kind of want to say, you know, for anyone listening who's thinking about this or know that they want to make a change, I, would, I wouldn't even start looking at, you know, food groups or supplements um, until you do some own like soul searching mental exercises to actually figure out what's going to motivate you. It sounds really cheesy and I'm sure people have heard this before, but find your why. And what I mean by that is why are you wanting to do this? Why are you wanting to lose weight? Why are you wanting to gain muscle to gain weight? For me, it was my why is because, you know, I want to be old enough to have kids. I want to be old enough to see them grow up. If I didn't make a change, I was going to die before any of that could happen. You know, other people, it may be my why is I want to see my kids graduate college. I want to see my grandkids. So that's the first thing, because if you have all the proteins and the powders and the supplements that the entire market is saturated with, but you don't know why you're doing it, your commitment, your perseverance, your persistence, it's not going to be there. So that's why I always say, find your why and seek help. Find a community of people you can lean on, you know, whether that's paid like a personal trainer or a nutritionist, even just finding some friends who they don't even have to be in the fitness industry, you know, quote unquote, but finding someone who can support you, um, keep you accountable, and sort of just give you that extra bit of motivation that you need. Like I said, Chris, one of the guys who helped me with my whole weight loss journey, he did not need to lose weight. He was healthy, skinny, you know, by all appearances was completely healthy, but he loved playing basketball and he was my good friend. So he was committed to helping me go to the gym. He'd go with me to the dining hall. So those are kind of the the first things is, you know, do some soul searching. Think about why you're trying to do this. Because at the end of the day, whenever you're sitting on your couch and you're just, you know, craving, you know, I, I know I didn't eat great, but I'm so hungry and I have oatmeal cream pie cookies in the, you know, in the pantry, you know, I may just have one or two. Your why will kind of be the reason, at least for me, that I say, you know what, I didn't do a great job, you know, dieting today, you know, I ate a few more servings than I should have. I also didn't go to the gym today because I want to see my kids graduate high school or I want to see my daughter get married. You know, I'm not going to eat that for tonight. Um, Something as small as that can help you stay committed whenever things will suck. It, it will. It will not be pleasant always. But that's why for me, it's, it was huge to understand why I was doing something. As far as like, you know, food groups or supplements, the the biggest thing besides, you know, counting calories um, was my protein intake was one of the first things I looked at. So for, for people who don't necessarily know, whenever you start, you know, especially dieting, it can have an effect on your muscle mass. So for me, when I was very heavy, I had a lot of muscle because I had to carry around so much weight. So whenever you start dieting and you don't have enough protein, your body will start burning off the muscle because it says 
you know, we need fuel of some sort. So you'll start losing muscle mass and you'll start losing fat. So the thing I started with was looking at, okay, you know, I at least want to eat 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. You know, you guys can Google, you know, how much protein should I eat? Those are usually the numbers that you'll see. And I just did a quick calculation. Okay, this is about how much protein I need. So then I started, my big thing I eat now is eggs. So I'd look at eggs, you know, they have between six and seven grams of protein with 70 calories. So, you know, I'd have three or four eggs for breakfast, um, you know, chicken, rice. Those were kind of the big things was looking at my protein intake. And then I'd fill in the rest with carbohydrates, you know, rice, grains, oatmeal for breakfast, things like that. I try to stay away from, you know, white bread, things that were just kind of empty calories. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. I love broccoli. So I'd have a lot of broccoli because I knew they were low calorie and they had fill my stomach up. The The biggest thing that I stayed away from, obviously, was sweets, anything that very calorically dense, you know, little candies, snacks, where basically you could eat a whole bag, you know, it's 800 calories and you know, maybe it's the size of your palm, the actual amount of food that you ate. Those are the two big things as far as, you know, food groups or categories and supplements. You know, I would take protein powder, you know, drink that after, you know, I did a weight training. When I was very early on starting out, I used to take weight loss pills, which are basically high amounts of caffeine. Kind of do your own research on those. I don't know if I necessarily would say like, oh yeah, they're a necessity or, you know, absolutely don't take them. But it was something I did, you know, I don't know how beneficial it was, but there are a lot of different like weight loss things. Just be careful not to be sucked into the idea that a pill or a powder is going to quite literally supplement what you have to do as far as dieting and going to the gym. You know, because you took a, you know, a quote, weight loss pill does not mean you can have pizza for dinner and then the next morning, you know, have 20 pancakes. You know, some people will put the supplements, start using them before they have a good consistent diet and workout regimen in place. Um, and it, it really should be the opposite. You should have your diet and your workouts, you know, your routine in place before you start looking at supplements and powders. Those are only, you know, later additions whenever you feel more comfortable and whenever, you know, you kind of have the basics down and you're ready to kind of take that next step into, you know, the fitness. That's good stuff. That's a lot of wisdom right there. Before we wrap up, I had one more question. I know we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but when people are going through really hard times and they're using exercise as an escape, they're using exercise as their form of their route of relieving stress. How did you personally get through your mental state? of your entire journey of where did you go? Like, what did you do mentally to get yourself out of like a mental spiral or like being in that depressive mindset when you got there? That's a really good question. I haven't thought about that one in a while. Before I sort of get to the, the answer, I come from a family line of dealing with a lot of mental disorders with depression, um, anxiety, bipolar. You know, I've, I've lost family members to you know, different self-harm issues that have occurred. And, you know, it's something I'm open about because I think the, lo the less we talk about it, the more kind of taboo and embarrassing it is. But, you know, I'm not afraid to say, yeah, I've, you know, I've lost family members to self-inflicted issues. And my heart goes out to anyone dealing with those things, whether it's you personally or someone you know um, you know, I firsthand understand what that's like. And, 
you know, it's crushing. You know, fortunately, I, I never got to that point, but there were times, you know, I'd cry myself to sleep just because I hated who I was. So kind of like what, you know, you were saying, working out and dieting was sort of my escape from um, those depressed states. It was sort of the release I needed. And this is, you know, an exercise physiology principle, but, you know, you have endorphins and basically feel good hormones released whenever you exercise. So that was one way I would always deal with, you know, I had another incident in the day where someone picked on me because of my weight or my size, or, you know, one time I had kids throw cookies at me and just start laughing because they thought that was hysterical. Um, so it was like during those times I'd just go to the gym and at the time, you know, I wish it was different, but it was honestly out of self-hate. I said, I hate myself so much. I'm going to the gym and trying to make a change. And I wouldn't necessarily want anyone to ever go to the gym because they hate themselves. That was just something, you know, I'm being honest with, you know, with you about. But shortly after one of my really bad spirals, you know, there were multiple nights I was crying myself to sleep. You know, I, I couldn't eat. I went to the doctor, um, was diagnosed with basically just generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and then he started me on a medication. And ever since then, it's it's been incredible. Um, it sort of correlated with whenever I was growing as a person um, with my confidence. But it was, you know, just an additional thing that helped me deal with the spirals. Um, and I still take it to this day. And it really helps me kind of stay, you know, level-headed and not letting my my anxiety and depression get to me. So, you know, that combined with the fitness aspect were the big things. Another thing, and it's, I'm still growing, you know, I definitely call myself, you know, throughout my life, a lukewarm Christian. I went to a private school. It was Christian. I was around the church all the time, but I was definitely lukewarm. I knew what to say, how to smile, who to give a handshake to on Sundays. And I did whatever I wanted throughout the week. In undergrad, especially my first year, you know, I was definitely not living out how a Christian should be. I did a lot of things I'm not proud of because I wanted to be accepted. You know, I was an overweight kid. The only way I could make friends was by being the funny kid at a party or, you know, just doing dumb stuff. So once I kind of got through that aspect, I started looking at my beliefs a little more closely. And it's something I still struggle with as far as staying committed to, you know, reading the Bible, talking to God through prayer, um, different things like that, just because there there have been incidences in the past involving the church where I had bad experiences. So it's it's something I'm still working on, but I've started, you know, especially in the last year or two, um, looking at religion not as a place like, you know, the church is where you worship God and connect with Him, which it is, but for me, it was, you know, I don't have to be with a pastor to read the Bible. I don't have to be in a youth group to pray. Um, so I definitely started taking a lot more ownership of it, of, you know, my beliefs and my religion. And actually, recently, I was talking with one of my patients. We were on the bus headed to a game, and somehow Colossians 3 came up, and we started talking about it a little bit, Colossians 3 and Ephesians 6. But, you know, it, it says, you know, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. And then in verse 14, it says, you know, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And, you know, Ephesians 6 talks about putting on God's armor, um, praying in all things, you know, with thanksgiving. Um, so those two chapters have really been, in the last year or two, 
really important to me. You know, Ephesians 6, you know, putting on God's armor. Uh, you know, I felt very, you know, in those depressed states, very vulnerable and like I had no strength left in me. And then, you know, Ephesians 6 talks about, you know, I always think of it, you know, putting on a literal armor, but literally like putting on God's armor, having his protection on you, protecting your heart and your mind was a big thing for me to start accepting because for most of my undergrad, my my relationship with God was not right. And it always felt like it was me versus the world that I was basically on my own. I was on an island and I had to basically figure it out, which was part of the reason why I went through such rapid up and downs is because if you have no one higher than yourself to turn to and you're already like prone to anxiety and depression, you're basically, you feel completely alone, which is part of the depression and the anxiety. And then Colossians 3 helped sort of guide me as, you know, going back to the, my motivation, why I do things. And in Colossians 3, it talks about, you know, setting your mind above, not on earthly things, on, you know, godly things, serving others and loving others. So whenever I talk about, you know, fulfilling my potential, I don't think like to think that it's coming from a self-glorification like i want to show people how smart i am it doesn't stem from that and i hope it never comes across like that for me it's always been i've got potential from god and i want to fulfill it because i don't want him to ever feel like he wasted like his gifts on me and also just loving and serving others i have a tendency to be selfish with my time with my efforts you know for me it's it's always been, you know, I'm going to work on my things because that's all I have the energy to do. Um, so I've had to grow and develop as, you know, I need to stop being so, you know, s- selfish with my time, with my resources, and be more willing to serve and love others. Because ultimately, you know, as it says in Colossians, it's not about serving our earthly master. You know, when I read that verse, I thought about, you know, it's not about serving my boss or my supervisor. It's not about making me look good in front of their eyes. It's about remembering who ultimately is the one who I should be serving in all things. So that was a big transition for me is it's not about my pride or my standing in my classes, my graduation, like where I am, you know, pecking order in the athletic staff that I'm a part of. It's more about, you know, I want to do the best job because God gave me these abilities and ultimately it's a reflection on him. And I want to make sure I'm meeting his expectations of me. And obviously, I'll always fall short. Like, I am so human. I cannot ever be perfect or anywhere near it. But at the end of the day, whenever, you know, I face God at heaven's gates, I want him to be happy and proud with what I've made of my life. And I never want to feel like he wasted, you know, his gifts and his time with me. You know, he's given me an incredible family, an incredible network, and has given me so many opportunities in my life that if I do anything less than what I perceive as excellent, you know, I'm going to feel like I let myself down and let everyone's down, including God. So those are the kind of the two big verses I or chapters I love to, to reflect on and I encourage people to read Colossians 3 and Ephesians 6. Those two chapters for me kind of are great groundwork for how I try to approach each day. That's really good stuff. Like I said earlier, I can't put myself in your shoes exactly. And I know everybody's different, but I know that we all struggle with our own uh, demons. We all struggle with our own obstacles in our own lives. And I just think that 
like you said, like you just have those verses that you cling to, that you cling to the Lord, and you just remember that you are here for the Lord, and, and the kingdom is just always meant to be growing. So how are you going to be using your gifts? How are you going to be relying on the Lord, turning back to the Lord, centering Him around your life to ultimately continue to grow the kingdom? And I think... um I think your story is incredible. I think it took a lot of courage and vulnerability to share that story. And like I said four other times, we're like, thank you for sharing that. I think it's incredible to go through just life experiences, go through hardships in your life, and then like look at the backside of it and and see the outside perspective when you're not in the midst of it and just say, wow, like I I learned a lot through that. I gained a lot of wisdom through that. And and especially when you see the Lord shining through it and you just see the ways that you grew from that and the ways that your heart changed and was molded through that. I think it's incredible. And it's just it's like God is just so, so good. And and I'm glad that those the verses were so good for you and that you can hold on to those because I think that's another important thing. It's just clinging on to something, clinging on to that hope, clinging on to that light that that we need when we're going through hardships, when we're going through trials and tribulations. And so I really appreciate this conversation because I think it just all comes down to where you put your hope and your faith in. And then also to like, what knowledge, what, what are you going to do to, to better yourself? Like, how are you going to make yourself the best version of yourself? And then what are you, where is that going towards? Like, what, what are you making yourself good for? Um, so wrapping up, do you have any lasting advice that you would give anybody going through an experience like this or just trials and tribulations in their life? Yeah, it sounds sounds simple, but I feel like there's nothing under the sun that someone else, that, you know, something that you're dealing with that someone else hasn't already gone through. You know, I know there's countless of people in my life and I'm sure listening who are like, you know, I really should start losing weight. Like, I wonder what that's going to look like. Like, what do I do next? You know, someone who's nervous for a job interview, you know, what do I do? Like, how do I prepare myself? Um, I think finding that community, those people reaching out, odds are if you're struggling with something, you know, a trial, tribulation, reach out to someone who's been through it. Or even finding someone who you know can give you um, lasting wisdom and understanding is, is critical. And another thing for me was, you know, my my faith like i said i'm i'm still not where i should be i still am growing and learning but i operated for almost my whole life without a true relationship and when i was going through all those dark times i can like like you said i can look back and see his influence but never during that time did I recognize or appreciate him. There's been a lot of opportunities looking back that I'm like, that was one in 100 chances that that would ever happen. You know, whether that was personally or in my professional career, looking back, I'm like, wow, like it was quite literally God's hand at work. And I was never at that time thinking of it and I never appreciated it. You know, even being here, you know, there were countless schools I was looking at to continue my career as an athletic trainer. Um, and this one came out of nowhere. It was quick. And I just felt called to come here. And now I'm surrounded by some of the best support staff, best faculty, students, my team. I absolutely love my team. I couldn't ask for anything better. So for, you know, people going through those trials and tribulations, you know, leaning on the wisdom of others, leaning on the wisdom of God. And also realizing that, 
you're probably going to come out a lot stronger and with a new appreciation for the things in your life. Big thing in my mind is, you know, perspective, shifting your perspective as far as, you know, at that time it may suck, but once you get out of it, maybe it revolutionized the way that you look at things or the way that you look at life, um, your values. So it may stink. And obviously I'll still go through trials and tribulations moving forward, but it's about looking at your groundwork, um, who you're relying on, who's going to support you through that, both people um, and your faith with the Lord, Um, but also recognizing and appreciating that, yes, this is going to stink, but I know I'm going to come out stronger with more understanding, more wisdom, and ultimately it's going to mold me to become a better version of myself. And as soon as you start looking at those trials or tribulations as opportunities for growth, that's a huge um, mindset shift that takes place that can really change your outlook on um, having a crappy situation versus an opportunity to grow in an area maybe you're not strong in. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say was would be um, my words of advice for anyone going through those kind of things. Dang, that is some... Just raw wisdom, and I am, I'm actually kind of speechless, to be honest, because that was a lot of good stuff. Like, that was, wisdom doesn't have to be, you were fearless, and and you went towards an opportunity, and you knew that you were going to be completely okay with that. I think sometimes we just really have to get into the nitty-gritty of things, and just honestly, just give it our all, and, um, you know, know, like you said, like, know that on the outside, we're going to be coming out stronger, so I think, I think that was all really, really good, and very appreciate of this conversation and to just let people know that you know you're not alone you're not you're not even alone like even if you are physically alone like in your life like you are not alone like because you have God with you but I think it's so important to surround yourself and like even through your exercise journey like you had your friends that were holding you accountable and like going to play basketball with you but then also you had God with you I'm glad that you could see that there was light at the end of the tunnel and even in those dark times that God was just like shining through and just rooting for you and he's just utilizing your gifts even more now here at Liberty and just allowing you to shine bright too. Zach, thank you so much for being on the Building the Blueprints podcast episode number five. Still haven't been shut down yet, people. This is like so good. Like I just, I don't know. I just have this irrational feel like it's going to get shut down for some reason. Like, I don't know, but I've been getting really good feedback. Shout out to all the the true fans of the Building the Blueprints podcast. Like, holla. It's so fun. But do you have anything else you'd like to say? Any any last words? Any last word? Singular? Like anything you'd, li- you'd like to say? Yeah. Spread the word about the podcast. I can tell you Alicia absolutely pours herself into this. I've had an incredible time getting to know her. Um, I love spending time with her. Um, we are we are goofballs when we're around each other, but it's all fun and games. Um, but we have a, we have a lot of fun. So please spread the word. Um, she also is suffering from a condition where she enjoys the Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, they're a, a soccer team who uh, are struggling right now. So please reach out to her. Let her know that there's better teams out there. Deli Ali is not that great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, please, so please just put your arms around her and let her know that there's better things to come. Oh, my gosh. Deli Ali, if you ever hear this, I'm your biggest fan. I'm going to buy your jersey. It's going to be so good. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't really know much about soccer, but I know that when people say Arsenal and like you're an Arsenal fan, it's never a good thing. And that's what Zach just happens to be. So I don't know what that means. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if you haven't checked out the All or Nothing documentary on Amazon Prime, they have a phenomenal season of the Tottenham Hotspurs, 10 episodes, an hour each. It's worth your time. That's where I became a Deli Alley fan. But anyway, moral of the story is, yeah, they're not doing too well. So if you could be, you know, just like thinking about them thinking about me (laughs) we're doing great it's gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine i hope that you know they all stay within you know they stay together because it's gonna be great anyway more of a story is zach thank you so much for being on the podcast i appreciate your words wisdom except for not being a tottenham fan and it's tottenham not tottenham for all of you amateurs out there because that's anyway just kidding anyway moral story we're uh, off the off the path here it's like i had coffee or something before this but anyway thank you for listening to this podcast whoever you are out there if you've listened to all the other ones i appreciate it i hope hopefully that you've learned something from this or any of them thus far the building the blueprints podcast is building and it's growing and it's fun big reservoir of episodes now so thank you for listening and until next time this is the building the blueprints podcast